The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Uh, we are joined uh, live right now as we are uh, covering the January 6th hearing um, on the insurrection that happened in the Capitol uh, in 2001, correct? That was 2001. It feels like it was- 2001. 2021, sorry. <laughs> you know what I meant. You could have just corrected me. <laughs> I was like, 2001. So I was joined by Nate. We got a couple other people that are probably gonna pop in and out during the course of the night, but we're gonna start right now where the hearing is at this moment and begin um, to listen. So stay tuned as we will be coming in and out as um, breaks happen to uh, chat with you. But they had gathered there um, in their outfits, um, but they had gathered there together. And um, Joseph Biggs started, he had a, micro, or a megaphone and he started talking about, you know, first it was things kind of relating to Congress and then the tables started turning once the, um, what is now the, the Arizona group is what you said, um, the crowd with orange hats, they came up chanting um, F-U-C-K Antifa um, and they joined that group. And once they joined that group, Joseph Biggs, rhetoric turned to the Capitol Police. He started asking us questions like, You've, you didn't miss a paycheck during the pandemic, um, mentioning stuff about our pay scale was mentioned, and you know, started turning the tables on us. And I've worked, I can, you know, conservatively say probably hundreds of civil disturbance events. I know when I'm being turned into a villain and that's when I turned to my sergeant and I stated the, uh, the understatement of the century. I said, uh, Sarge, I think we're gonna need a few more people down here. <laughs> um, and so after that, you know, I think uh, they started conferring. They went a little silent. They started conferring among each other. I saw um, the person now identified as Ryan Samsel. He put his arm around Joseph Biggs and they were talking and then they started approaching the first barricade. They ripped the first barricade down and they approached our uh, bike racks. Um, you know, at that time, we started um, holding on, grabbing the bike racks. You know, there weren't many of us, so I grabbed 
um, the middle between two different bike racks. And, you know, I, I wasn't under any pretense that I could hold it for very long, but I just wanted to, you know, make sure that we could get more people down and uh, get our CDU units time to, to answer the call. So we started grappling over the bike racks. Um, I felt the bike rack come on top of my head and I was pushed backwards and my foot caught the stair behind me and I, uh, my chin hit the handrail and then I, at that point I had blacked out, but my, um, the back of my head clipped the concrete stairs behind me. Uh, and you were knocked unconscious, is that right, Officer Edwards? Yes, ma'am. Um, but then when you regained consciousness, even with the injuries, you returned oh. to duty, is that right? Yes, ma'am. Um, you know, at that time, adrenaline kicked in. I ran towards the west front and I tried to hold the line at the Senate steps um, at the lower west terrace. Um, more people kept coming at us. Um, it just seemed like, you know, more and more people started, um, you know, coming on to the west front. They started overpowering us. And that was right about when MPD's officers showed up. Um, their bike officers pushed the crowd back and allowed um, our CDU units as well as theirs to form that line that you see, um, that very thin line between us and the protesters or the rioters, um, you know, at that time. I fell behind that line and um, for a while I started um, decontaminating people who had gotten sprayed um, and treating people medically who, who needed it. And then you were injured again uh, there on the West Terrace, is that right, Officer Edwards? Yes, ma'am. So um, after a while, I got back on the line. Um, I got, it was on the house side of the Lower West Terrace. And um, I was holding that line for a while. There weren't many of us over there. Um, and Officer Sicknick was behind me um, for most of the time, for about uh, 30 to 45 minutes that I was down there. Um, we were just, as the best we could, we were just, you know, grappling over bike racks and trying to hold them as quick as possible. Um, all of a sudden, I see movement to the left of me and I turned and it was Officer Sicknick with his head in his hands and he was ghostly pale, um, which I, I figured at that point that he had been sprayed and I was um, concerned. My, uh, you know, cop, cop alarm bells went off um, because if you get sprayed with pepper spray, you're gonna turn red. He turned um, just about as pale as this sheet of paper. And so I looked back to see what had hit him, what had happened, 
and that's when I got sprayed in the eyes as well. Um, I was taken to be decontaminated by another officer, um, but we didn't get the chance because we were then tear gassed. Uh, and we um, are going to play just a, a brief clip of, of that moment that you've just described, Officer Edwards. Officer Edwards, I just want to thank you for being here. Um, and, and I know, again, how difficult it is. I know um, the family of Officer Sicknick as well, who's here tonight. Um, and um, one of the things one of the uh, Capitol Police officers said to me uh, recently was uh, to ask me whether or not, as members of Congress, all of us understood that on that day, on January 6th, when we were evacuated, from the chamber uh, were led to a safe, undisclosed location, whether we knew that, that so many of you had rushed out of the building and into the fight. And uh, I can assure you that we do know that and that uh, we understand how important your service is. Uh, thank you for your uh, uh, continued work with our committee and the interviews. And um, thank you very much for both of you for being here this evening. Mr. Chairman, I yield back. Thank you very much. Uh, Ms. Edwards, um, can you give us one memory of that awful day that stands out most vividly in your mind? I can. Um, that time when I talked about falling behind MPD's line. I remember because I had been kind of shielded away because um, I was holding those stairs. So I wasn't able to really see what was going on over here. When I fell behind that line and I saw, I can just remember my, my breath catching in my throat because I, what I saw was just a, a war scene. It, it was something like I'd seen out of the movies. I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. There were officers on the ground, um, you know, they were bleeding, they were throwing up, they were, you know, they had I mean, I saw friends with blood all over their faces. I was slipping in people's blood. Um, you know, I, I was catching people as they fell. I, you know, I was, it was carnage. It was chaos. I, I, can't, e I can't even describe what I saw. I, never in my wildest dreams did I think that as a police officer, as a law enforcement officer, I would find myself in the middle of a battle. You know, I'm, I'm trained to detain, you know, a couple of subjects 
and and handle you know handle a crowd but I, i'm i'm not combat trained and that day it was just hours of hand-to-hand -hand combat hours of dealing with things that were way beyond any any a law enforcement officer has ever trained for um, and I just remembered, I just remember that moment of stepping behind the line and just seeing the absolute war zone that the West Front had become. Let me thank you uh, for your service and obviously your bravery uh, that you uh, have told the world about tonight. Uh, it's unfortunate that you had to defend the Capitol uh, from fellow Americans. Uh, none of us would ever think that that would have to happen, but it did. So let me thank our witnesses for joining us tonight and sharing their experiences with America. Throughout my chairmanship of this committee, I've continuously vowed that this committee will ensure a comprehensive account of the heroic acts on January 6th and that we will follow the facts wherever they lead. Your testimony is an essential part of that record and helps us do our job. Mr. Quested, thank you for sharing your footage and your account of the day's events with us. The images you recorded and have shared with the committee do a better job than any of our words in re reinforcing the violence of January 6th. We hope that the power of your footage helped encourage all Americans to consider how citizens with such so much in common could viciously brawl at the seat of their democratic government. Officer Edwards, thank you for your brave service as I indicated on January 6th and all you did to protect us and most importantly, our democracy. If you and your fellow officers hadn't held the line against those violent insurrectionists, we can only imagine the disaster that would have ensued. Your heroism is the face of danger is admirable and your will to continue to protect and serve despite your serious injuries should be an inspiration to all of us. We wish you a continued recovery and look forward to seeing you back in uniform sometime soon. The members of the select committee may have additional questions for tonight's witnesses, and we ask that you respond expeditiously in writing to those questions. Without objections, members, we permitted 10 business days to submit statements for the record including opening remarks and additional questions for the witnesses. The witnesses have just told us what they heard the rioters saying, why they stormed the Capitol on that day. Now we're going to hear it from the rioters themselves. Without objection, I include in the record a video presentation. What really made me want to come was the fact that, you know, I had supported Trump all that time. Uh, I did believe, you know, that the election was being stolen. Um, 
And Trump asked us to come. He personally asked for us to come to D.C. that day. And I thought, for everything he's done for us, if this is the only thing he's going to ask of me, I'll do it. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. Did you call President Trump mentioning going to the Capitol during his speech? Oh, yeah. So that's one of my disappointments. He said he was going to go and go with us, that he was going to be there. I know why I was there, and that's because he called me there. And he laid out what is happening in our government. He laid it out. But I remember Donald Trump telling people to be there, right? I mean, to support. So you mentioned that, pre that the president asked you. Uh, do you remember a specific message? Basically, yeah, he asked uh, for us to come to D.C., that big things are going to happen. What got me interested, he said, I have something very uh, important to say on January 6th or something like that. Is what got what 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 got me interested to be there? You know, Trump has only asked me for two things. He asked me for my vote. And he asked me to come on January sixth. When the committee reconvenes next week, we're going to examine the lies that convinced those men and others to storm the Capitol, to try to stop the transfer of power. We're going to take a close look at the first part of Trump's attack on the rule of law, when he hit the fuse that ultimately resulted in the violence of January 6th. Without objection, and with, with that, the committee stands adjourned. Seems quick, doesn't it? <laughs> How much more of it is it? It's uh, probably, I think, three more days over the next two weeks. Might be four. It seems like a waste of time for me. What do you mean? I mean, I respect the process of law, but if you got this many people and a fucking white woman saying they did it, just close the case. Case adjourned. <laughs> That's done. I, I don't know why we got to spend all this money to say that they did it. It's done. Mm. I mean, I, I like it because this is Democrats doing what Republicans doing. Like, this is a great time for this to come out. Fuck up that midterm election season for the Republicans. Great. Awesome. But that's all I have. Like the rest of it is this shit we already knew. We we all saw the same thing. He all saw it. The only thing that they have to do, I would be more impressed if Trump was sitting at that table. That's all I want to say. And that's Trump exactly and his children. Whether or not they are going to subpoena him to come in to um, testify. But well, you, why do this if you're not going to subpoena him? Which, you know what that testifying would be. The same thing that um, Marjorie Taylor Greene just did a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't recall. I don't remember. I plead the fifth. Okay. He would never answer no questions. He would just be sitting there with hopefully a flan, a fan blowing on, watching his hair fly back. But he couldn't. He would not have a lawyer there. His lawyer could be there, yeah. but this is not right. 
So we would see him fold under pressure and blame other people like a coward would. It's crazy. It's crazy that they can get up there and do that. Like, lock his ass up. Lock Marjorie Taylor Humpin's bag up. Lock her up. She lied. What's her last name? Humpin' bag. I appreciate it. It's a waste of my time. Like, I understand all the people that are testifying, like the ones that just See that this minute, Seth? I love it. You were hit over the head, white lady, and you destroyed, and now you traumatized. We needed you. You are the face of this now. Put her on every, interview her between every person. We need this white woman to say that she was hurt by these white men so justice can be prevailed. Mm. Don't put that black man up there because that's going to lose the case. They're going to lose. I'm done. I'm oh, I was over this shit when I saw it on live. I saw this shit while it was happening, mm-hmm. and the fact that they were all—I mean, some of them are still in jail. Some oh, of them were turned in by their children, families, and neighbors, and some of them have not been caught yet, allegedly. But um, the fact that Trump is still out there, able to run. Country, right? Right. There's proof that he got, he told them to what? Send back the National Guard, or they refused to bring out the National Guard. All this some shit. All the shit traced back. They have proof, like it's like corresponding proof that he spoke to certain people who could have stopped this from happening. But I'm just over this country. I really am. I'm so over it. Um, after uh, Chairman Representative Thompson asked her to explain what um, Officer Edwards, uh, I mean, Ms. Carolyn Edwards, what she remembered vividly about that day. She can't remember shit. She was hit over the head. Uh, no, she said she remembered. She, what stood out to her is that she was seeing a war zone and that she was slipping in blood. It was hers. She got hit over her head. But she fell. She hit her head on a step. I would have started off my testimony. I fell. I was pushed and pulled, and I hit my head on a step. And I will never be able to erase that day from my mind. I mean, sell it, baby. Sell it. Come on. Uh, we don't need no crocodile tears. I need calypsus. I need her to act like Amber Heard was acting. That's what I need right now. In her written statement that she uh, gave, it says, um, this is the, the statement from Officer Caroline Edwards, um, the one that just was on the hearing just now. Mm-hmm. She said, I, was called, I was called a lot of things on January 6, 2021. And the days after, I was called Nancy Pelosi's dog, called incompetent, called a hero, and called a villain. I was called a traitor to my country, my oath, my constitution. Uh, in actuality, I was none of those things. By who? I want names. Who? Who said it? I want names. I bet you that, but that was probably being touted from the crowd. Mm. 
She says, I was an American standing face to face with other Americans asking myself many times how we had gotten here. I had been called names before, but never had my patriotism or duty been called into question. I, who got up every day, no matter how early the hour or how late I got in the night before, I put on my uniform and protect America's symbol of democracy. I, who spent countless hours in the baking sun and freezing snow to make sure America's elected officials were able to do their job. I, whose literal blood, sweat, and tears were shed that day, defending the building that I spent countless holidays and weekends working in. Mm. Bringing it home. He said, I am a proud granddaughter of a Marine that battled in the, uh, the Chosen Reservoir in the Korean War. I think of my papa often these days, how he was uh, so young and thrown into the battle he never saw coming. Mm. She was selling it. Yeah, this is her, wasn't even the statement that she gave tonight, but this was her written statement. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. The rest of it is just for show. Uh, I, I didn't read the full the statement, but um, lastly, in her last paragraph, she says, they dared to question my honor. They dared to question my loyalty. They dared to question my duty. I am a proud American, and I will gladly sacrifice everything to make sure that the American, the America my grandfather defended is here for many years to come. Thank you. Mm. I yeah, just want to for being there. Tonight was not all... Um, you know, fireworks and, and all of that kind of stuff. It wasn't... In, None of it is. Everything is going to be technical and everything is... Especially when the Republicans start questioning them, like, everything is going to be a shit show. It's going to be a shit show. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be very boring to watch and it's going to be a lot of tears and a lot of remembering... Well, I just can't say, I can't wait to day two. Day two has to be a little bit more exciting than today. Today was just about showing us things that we didn't see or what may not have been televised. And then it had, I've seen throughout the night, it was a lot of interviews with, um, or, or behind the scene footage, kind of like of like Proud Boys being interviewed before the stuff happened and during it happening. So that was interesting that I didn't, you know, those perspectives, because I don't fall down in that hole of going to go look for and look at and watch the QAnon folks in their, you know, in their amazing ability to believe anything like the egg slime. So it's like, I don't go down in that, I'm not gonna ever go down in that hole and try to investigate that because then unsuspectedly you might get trapped. If you start to believe that crap, like them. And it's just, it, it's, it's, how, how do we get here? The question that's been asked, how did we get here? I, I could have never expected this. I could. Not that, I, mean, I mean, I thought it would be, I thought it would happen during. I don't think I would have expected this again, because an insurrection has happened before. It's not like that's a new word. Right, but I didn't think it would happen again. No, I mean, I, I expected this to happen during um, Obama's presidency, and it was little fires like this that happened. But I expected something to this degree to happen, but it would have only happened to this degree during Trump's time because he could, he has the power to stop it. I, 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 I would have never 
And that's exactly what I mean by when I say, I don't think that's what I don't, I never would have saw this coming or happening mm. if it was not for Trump. Because mm. everybody from day one, I mean, not everybody because they, he has his supporters, but everybody on this side of things was talking like, leaving the country, you know, all this explosive stuff, you know, you know, you know, trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life and, and, and making changes mm-hmm. other than the status quo. But I never would have thought an insurrection. But then, then like you said now, maybe I'm in second th- thinking that because maybe he was the catalyst. He is. Like, you are the, you for his, the whole campaign the whole presidency, he did nothing but ignite fuel. That's all he did was set fires mm-hmm. and allow people to feel the way they felt in a space. I mean, we even, we're seeing it now. There was never so many, you know, Karens and Kens jumping out and just being blatantly disrespectful. Yeah. They were there, but you had to go to where they were. They were very They're now coming to where we are and doing it. Exactly. They were very much emboldened by him. And right. What's interesting. These mass shootings, all of it. And what's interesting is now that he's gone, it, it's still there. You can still see some people doing it, but it has died down tremendously. They're not stepping out there as um, brazen. Like it was well, not. He, don't, he doesn't have that political platform right now. To be able to, it's not giving them inspiration to be themselves. Because they, I I mean, I I see it happening. Like the a lot of them are feeling more emboldened and and bold. Uh, They're feeling that way. You can see it. No, it's not to the the level of when he was in power, but it's it's definitely still there because he's able to communicate with them. Because they're trying to communicate. They're trying to ramp up for his comeback. It's not happening. They think it's going to be his comeback anyway. It's not. It's not going to happen. It's not. Trust me. Like I just, I have, and I said that the first time. World that when he was elected. (laughs) Yeah, but it's one thing to not know what's going to happen. And another thing to see, I would say six years of his his tyranny from campaigning or pre-campaigning to campaigning to the four years he was in there. The fact that he was he was prepared not to even leave the White House and he was willing to do something like this to prevent himself from having to leave the White House. Like that's that's an extreme. And if you can't connect those dots, and I'm not saying that they're not, because I think they purposely held this off for now, this midterm. So this was their aches in the hole. And now they putting white women on day one on the stand. Like, I I can only imagine what's what's about to happen, but it's going to be a backlash from this. It's definitely going to be, because there are people who feel like those people are in, you know, unjustified, in, in, in keeping those people in jail. They're unjustifiably still in prison, most of them, that were caught. Mm-hmm. But I can't get the one out of my head that wanted vegan food. Bitch, you go eat, you go eat that thick-ass bologna like everybody else did. Or you're going to be hungry. 
Like it's just the audacity. It's just this is ugly. I just I, I'm I'm afraid we're gonna hear stuff that we like the interviews, and I expect that's how a lot of them were caught because of that. Because who knows who why you were in DC that day. But I think a lot of these interviews were why they were actually got caught because your dumbass went on a camera and talked about what you was gonna do and what you had already did. This right. you a dumb criminal. <laughs> So the next one um, is on January the 13th. I'm mean, January, June the 13th. And I need to get your dates together, sir, because you was... I don't know what's going on with me in the calendar today. You was off. One. <laughs> was off. I said 2001. I don't know. Mm. Um, but it's on June the 13th at um, 10 a.m. So we'll be here to cover that, too. Uh, Nate will be. You got class that day, don't you? I'm so glad. At 15th. Wednesday, I'm fucking done. <laughs> I'm so done. I'm so done. And I but have- how this, I mean, and it's crazy how all this affects even um, school right now because there are drills, random drills for safety because a lot of these shootings are happening because of stuff like this. All of them were connected to some QR con or whatever the hell you call it. QCon, white supremacists, and, and it's trickling down to this. And it is it's almost, it's, it's dangerous because you don't know. I mean, fortunately, I can't say fortunately because people lost their lives, but the, the environment that a lot of these people are coming from are upper middle class communities where, you know, you know, sometimes we don't have to worry about, but some of those people exist in our neighborhoods. They ex- I'm sure they exist. Black and white, Puerto Rican, Spanish, all that. They exist. And that's the scary part. Like, who are they? We know some of the dumb Black people that voted for him that just was bored and thought they was going to get a come up or a tax break from it. But there are people who live and breathe, who donate thousands upon thousands of dollars to campaigns to keep him going still today. I met two dummies a couple weeks ago. Well-to-do people who just Trump all the way. We got to get him back in. I wish they would have started this tomorrow. Why, why start today and then skip all the way to the 13th? When is the 13th? What is that, Tuesday? No, the 13th is Monday. Oh, okay, so they just took a break for tomorrow and then they come back Monday. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right, that sounds okay. All right, I'm not going to give them that much credit because I would prefer for this to have to go on. If you're going to do it all, just do it simultaneously, like day after day, day after day. Get it over with. Don't try to stress it. But I think the optics of, you know, putting it out there, like you thought we were sleeping, you thought we didn't have anything. And now, bitch, we got video footage, like of these dummies bragging about what they're going to do and what they are doing and what they've done. So I think I, I, nobody would have known who this woman was who just testified. You know, those faces, were, everybody was focused on that one officer, that one black officer. Mm-hmm. So, he was in reminder too. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. So it's plenty of people who are going to speak out who has footage, who have actual proof and y'all thought they didn't have anything. The thing that I need them to have is to connect Trump 
and his fucking children. I want all of them. I just, I don't even need a video. I just need just the, the dumb look on their face coming out of court in handcuffs. That's something, and I'm on that same trail with you too, because I would like to know what is going to be, what is going to come out of this, besides all the prosecutions that we know of, all the rioters, all the people that was there, everybody that broke into the Capitol. We know right. all of them are being prosecuted. We know some of the Proud Boys are being prosecuted. Some of them are in jail already. So. Some are in jail already. Some of them have been prosecuted and have been convicted. And yeah. But we know there is more to this, like Mark Meadows and all that kind of stuff that they that they haven't even brought up on charges, which is crazy to me. I don't, I still don't understand that. But what is going to be the end result of this? Are they going to recommend charges then at the end of this for certain people, or you know what's what's next? Are we waiting for the Justice Department to do their own hearing? And and one one of the things that I don't want to see, um, and and. I'm I'm glad uh, Sunny Hostin is on the view because she's given a lot of insight specifically for this level of a trial, a federal crime, a federal uh, uh, court case. The fact that they can do something if they ignore the subpoenas, we all know that. But I I want you I want to see you going to this fucking house. I want to see them going to Mar-a-Lago and picking his ass up and putting him in the back of the car. That's what I want to see. If it's nothing but his integrity being publicly shamed, that's what I want to see. Mm. I just need to see that. I need to see him charged. I want him to lose his presidential library. I want all that stuff. I want it to be gone. I want it whoosh, wiped out. I understand. I want to see, I want to see his wife and his son crying because they're putting him in the back of the car in handcuffs. That's what I want to see. I want to see that. That's going to turn me on. At the end of this, I mean, I, I I would accept all of that too, except for the, um, watching his family cry. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch. I want to see it. I want to see it. <laughs> but I would accept all of that, including the ability to remove him from being able to run again. Yes. Because I don't yeah. waste that money at this point. Mm-hmm. If you don't get at least that. Yeah, yeah, the minimum, that's what I want. The minimum is that that's what I want. The, the, the maximum is him being prosecuted and, you know, all those impeachments being convicted. <laughs> right. Try that's to what I want to see. I want, I want that. I mean, he's already been impeached twice. I need something that's really going to stick to him. Like, And that would be him not being able to run anymore, period. And I hope they've done a good job of keeping any evidence away from him and his lawyers. Mm. So they can't, you know, backdoor this or figure it out. I know that at some point they have to present the evidence to him, I would but- I am surprised if he still had any lawyers that are willing to represent him in a political atmosphere at this point, when most of his, his current lawyers have been disbarred. I mean, but they still will do it. Many of them are gonna do it because they're Republican, because he got the hookup. They go do it. They still will do it. Right, but I don't think they're gonna be on that public stance like um, these last two were. The lady that just kept lying and Rudy Giuliani, both of them disbarred at this point, can't practice law no more. Why would you want them? Like it's who? who would want to join your? You sacrificed all of your attorneys. All of your attorneys went down, and they're not supposed to be at the forefront. They're supposed to be. They're supposed to be prosecuting. They're supposed to be protecting the criminal. 
because they're your attorneys. Instead, they turned into the criminals. Because they were trying to cover up for him because I don't, I don't know what he promises them. An attorney, you're supposed to be uh, you know, providing the protection for your client. Instead, you lost your job and your ability to make money and your ability to take on other clients and your ability to do anything that was related to what you trained all those years to accomplish. Mm -hmm. You took that long ass bar exam. <laughs> and this is the end result of your career to be talking about this practice again. America's mayor. Mm. I just want them to be. I just. I want to see the perp walk. <laughs> I want to see him deny or ignore the the subpoena, and I want them to go to his golf <laughs> course and pick him up. And it's not even just them too. Remember Michael Cohen. He was just on Midas Touch earlier today talking about um, how he thought today's hearing was going to go. And that was, I was looking at that. I was like, I don't think that was going to happen today because they only had two witnesses, that, that the, both those two, uh, um, the officer and the guy with the, um, that had all the video footage. Right. It wasn't going to be too, I didn't think it was going to be too explosive tonight, but I mean, it was, it was pretty good, but it wasn't ex as explosive as I hope the next couple of days will be. I wonder if they're going to play any of the footage. I mean, well, this is a... This isn't a court case, it's more of a hearing. Right, they're telling you what they found in their investigation. They're yeah. some punk bitches. They just, oh, they just punk bitches. Like, go to trial, go fucking the trial. Like, they gonna keep putting but it that, off, yes. That's not them that would do that. They don't do that part. If they, they, they do the investigation to figure out if any crimes had been broken, but then they have to recommend them to the Justice Department to prosecute. But we all know information. I just want them, this whole process, I, I don't, me being a person who I've had to sue somebody before, and I know what that, I know what that entails. Like it took oh, almost a year to even appear in court because you can keep on putting it off and putting it off and, and postponing it. But, so I know even for so something like this, where it's so much information and so much, you know, data, I know it's, this can go on for the next two or three years, but mm -hmm. I wanted to go on for so long where this nigga can't even think about becoming president again. <laughs> so I don't want them to keep, putting that off because it, it, before we know it, these two years are going to be up and it's going to be time to run for president again. So I don't want him to even think he cool like that. I, I need this nigga working out here doing reality shows, paying for these fucking lawyers. That's what I need him to be doing. He need to be distracted. Mm. Like this is it's it's taking too long to even get to this point. And I know they probably had to do a lot of work. Like even probably finding this guy that testified today probably was a lot of work to get him to hand all that over. Cause that's basically what he probably had to do. You really like to know some of the process of their background work that they did too, because like you said, finding this guy or did he come forward or, you know, that he probably didn't because he, we never saw any of that footage. So he never even got to put it out there. So they probably found him right off the bat. Um, the reason why he couldn't put it out is because it was because of the hearing. Right. You know, so they probably found him real quick. Mm-hmm. 
Now her, on the other hand, she is um, she's an employee, so they could have found her. They found her easily. It's just making sure she was well enough to be able to attend. Because mm. she did crack her head really pretty pretty hard. But she said something fell over her. What is it, the bike rack or something? I would have came in that bitch with a neck brace, a bruise kit, all that shit. She wasn't selling it good enough. You gotta, she need Amber Heard to be her um, PR. At least she was selling, she lost, but she was selling it. Mm-hmm. And I need I need people to see, that's why I hate, and, and that's what that's what happens with the defense. They try to prolong it and prolong it and prolong it. So the people that were injured or hurt are well. So they're testifying not with a broke neck or a busted eye or something. That's why I hate the fact that they prolong it because the people who I, I want to see the eye hanging out your socket. That's what I want to see. Fresh off, fresh out the emergency room, fresh out of surgery. That's what I want to see. But that's why they prolong it and postpone it so the person appears to be well and not injured or hurt. As if, because you, you'll see it more vividly if that if she would have came, if this would have happened, but you couldn't, you couldn't show a hearing because they needed all of the information and the, the proof, which is, come on, let's just see this. Let's get this nigga in jail. Even if it's for one night, just lock him up for one night. Just one night. <laughs> I just want to see it. I just that it. needs to be shown around the world. It to be a felony for him to be disqualified. So it had to be more than one night in jail. I just, I, I mean, for me, I want him in there for life because this is a federal crime. Yeah. And the fact that people were killed and hurt doing this, and and uh, government property was damaged. Listen, he's he's I I wouldn't I wouldn't that's like at least a decade. At least. I want him and I don't want him in no cushy federal vacation jail. I want him in oh I want him in Rikers Island or something or Jessup, Hagerstown. I want him where. Oh, this is DC Maryland. They gonna put his ass in Hagerstown. Oh, mm. oh, yeah. But I want Jessup. I, I'll, I'll take Jessup. No, it won't be either of those because those aren't um, federal. But they can make an exception. Mm-hmm. I just want them to make an exception. <laughs> the rest of them are too. That's that's the closest one to DC. Mm. Could you imagine him? I can imagine. Oh, I want to see him and Giuliani, cause they go. They probably got dirt on him too. Oh yeah, even though he was kind of prison. Who? Cumberland. Yeah, he'd be in Cumberland. Oh, mm. cause that's the closest federal jail to DC. They're going to try to put him in Florida. No, no, he, no. Would, he wouldn't stay in Cumberland. He probably would go to Arizona or um, Alabama. We, we can't have him in no red states <laughs> where the governor can be giving him, you know, Chick-fil-A oh, no, and shit every day. The federal prisons, they, they don't have no control. Yeah, but they still, I don't want him in, I want him not in a red state. 
Hey, yeah, put him, put him in Atlanta or something like that. Put him down there where um former Mayor P was or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that prison. Right. The, that was in Arkansas, right? Wasn't she in Arkansas? Was it? No, she was like in North Carolina or something, I think. Oh, North or South Carolina. That's who made her get rid of her bang rap. Oh, she grew that rap out. You can't <laughs> tell her nothing now. Mm, she is swinging. She She's going down like this right now. She is swinging. <laughs> she looked younger, though. She looked she younger. Her skin looked like it's cleared out. Oh, I told her that if nothing good will come out of that bowl. Yeah, but that's why she grew it out, baby. She said, uh, oh, got her locked that, out. that bowl cut got her locked out. She probably had cornrows the whole time, and then she let that shit out. The day before she let it out, she said, I'm going to get a nice press when I get out, a nice firm. You know how it used to be like orangey ish? That bowl got a nice little rinse. It led to her getting elected mayor and fired. It was bad luck. (laughs) I wonder what she's going to do with life now. Please don't run for no office, miss. She can't. That was federal. She is. Oh, yeah, she can't. Yeah. There's no more office for her. <laughs> That's it. Your, your political career has gone up in smoke. She can be a consultant. That's it. Oh, taking taking Baltimore backwards, huh? Yes, her whole entire political future is has crashed and burned. The only thing she can mm. And yeah. Sheila Dixon can still run, baby. Sheila yeah. Dixon can still she run. Can. She was. She only had a misdemeanor. <laughs> she can run. Oh, she can run. Mm. That gotta hurt. That gotta hurt to know. At some point, with her locked up, she was like, "That bitch Sheila can still run," and I can't. So, because I haven't been, you know, I haven't been following along with this political structure outside of the federal stuff, but. I've heard now on several different occasions that so many people dislike Scott. Brenda Scott? Yes. Well, see, the thing is, Brandon has a number of friends or people who he think are his friends mm-hmm. that he's doing a lot of favors for in the arts, mm-hmm. um, with a lot of social nonprofit organizations. He's connected in that way. So he's doing things in the community, but it's very clear who he's doing it for and mm-hmm. with. And he's showing up at events that you typically wouldn't see the mayor come to, but it's because of his friends. Those are his friends, the people who got him elected. And a lot of people are unhappy with his his um, the things he's getting done because he's doing what he said he was going to do. He put a lot of money into the arts, a lot of money into social uh, social uh, activism type of stuff. Nonprofits, he put a lot of money into that. Um, he's about to do something with moms that were affected, single mothers that were affected by the pandemic. So he's doing a lot of stuff in the vein of the people who supported him. Everybody else, they pissed off with him. I know I'm pissed off about the educational system because they still... They're still closing schools down. They just built a school not too far from your neighborhood, Mother Mary Lane, right there on um, on uh, MLK. 
They just oh, opened up a brand new school right there. The school I'm working at is about to close. Now, and, and it's, it's little things like that. It's just where he should have more involvement in, where he should have a bigger say in, he should put his mouth there. He's not doing that. I, I, my school, the school that I'm at is a very old school. But, you know, during these heat waves, they've had to close down a couple schools because they didn't have proper AC. Mm-hmm. My school still has AC. It needs to just, a little bit of money, if it's put into it, they can combine two schools. And that's the that's the thing I don't get right now. And what you say right. about the thing, we've been arguing about this now for, I mean, a, a renewed argument. I'm not saying that, that this hasn't been the current argument. This, because the, the air conditioning thing has always been an argument in Baltimore City. Mm-hmm. But well, most of them, well, compared to what the problem used to be, there are a handful of schools that don't have AC right now. Hmm. So when they have been, when they have certain days where the index has went up, it's been like two or three days. Those schools have to close. Right, but that should have been fixed. Even the school, there should be at this point no schools that don't have AC. You had a whole entire year of a pandemic where nobody was coming outside and nobody was in the school buildings where they could have fixed those problems and got. My the, my the school where I'm at is slated to be closed at the end of next school year. Fucking freezing in the building. Hmm. Freezing. Oh, because the air be pumping so good. <laughs> I'm going, I wear sweaters to work. <laughs> Even right now, because it'd be so cold in the building. The children are walking around with coats on because hmm. it's cold in the building. Not complaining because I know the alternative. I've worked in schools where they didn't have any AC. Yeah, since they'd be sweating with a fan. The flip side of that is you'll close down a school instead of putting more money into the school, yet a school that is just as old, you keep that school up because the school is doing a little bit better. Mm. It, it makes no sense to me. Why not close that school down and combine those two schools right here so you can at least utilize the building? But you go put all this money into a building that you're probably going to have to tear down eventually and rebuild. Mm-hmm. It just the rhyme of reason to them doing it is just crazy to me. It's just and and those are the types of things that people who don't like Brandon don't like. They don't like the fact that he's playing. It feels like he's playing favorites with the organizations and individuals that he know versus you know across the board. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of business owners don't like him. That I was having with people that had um, those issues with with Scott, it was all surrounding crime. Mm-hmm. And, and but but I, some of the organizations that he supports, that he's putting money into, are allegedly there to help curb the crime in the city. But yeah, it's not but that's working. Impossible. That's not that's not going to work either. The thing about it, it is, I, I ask them always because it's always people that don't have no ideas, no nothing, nothing to put up in 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 ways to answer the question of how to how to um change direction in our crime right how we turn it how we turn it back to the, the turn the dial down instead of keep going up with the murder rate right and none of them have a, a just like typically not nobody has an answer right so why do you expect him to have the answer too because he put more money into the police and most of the people that are in those political seats that have a problem with that they've been there longer than he's been there I, but my thing is, like, I've seen some report, though. I don't know if this was a show 
or something that I've seen where um, they were telling people, uh, telling the officers that live in certain states that they now must live in their community that they are protecting. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, that would be great. I remember when- the yeah, officers- But it's not going to be, that's not going to work. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not going to work, but they, the police are going to start doing the same thing that the politicians do. You know, right there along Hilton Parkway, mm-hmm. there are Hilton when you're going before you get to Liberty. There are a number of homes in that neighborhood, those big old homes across from the water where they're supposed to be government officials living there. And they don't. Their mother lives there or their mother-in-law lives there or, you know, they it's, it's really their business. Mm-hmm. Like their office is in there. I'm not, I was, yeah, but I'm not talking about politicians. I'm talking about police officers. No, but I'm saying that's they're going to start doing the same thing they do because those government officials, they live outside of the city and they have this as their primary residence. We saw that same thing with um, what was the, the mayor before that took over for few. Remember when his the house that he had and we've come to find out his sister lived there or something like uh, it. Yeah. yeah. So you you they're going to start doing the same thing. They make a nice amount of money where they could, you know, buy a little row house and make that their primary residency and have a nicer house still out in the county in their wife's name or in their mother's name or something like they're not going to. Most of them are not. It's going to deter them from wanting to be police officers. They will transfer to county police or to another city or something. They're not going to follow that rule. And the ones that do are going to find a loophole where so they can have a home dwelling in the house in the city and live out in the fucking county. There's no rule to say they can't have two homes, and they're not going to let it. I think it's a great idea. But is it going? Are they going to actually do it? Yeah, yeah. it was just a, um, something I heard. I wasn't suggesting it because I don't. I don't know how to fix this crime either. But I don't well, think anybody has the answer. Um, that was something that was brought up a couple years ago. Because this is not crime. Like you're not seeing uh, bank robberies and 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 people being knocked down, old ladies being knocked down. That's not what we're seeing. We're seeing murders. Like, um, how do you stop that? It's it's, it's to infiltrate the infiltrate the problem. But if you don't see the problem, how can you infiltrate it? Well, that Freddie Gray investigation uncovered a lot um, and overlapping, um, what's his name, that was killed also, the other guy in Missouri or something. A lot of that, when they was doing the internal investigation of the city, it uncovered a lot of crooked police officers that were a part of the problem. So getting them out of the system, some of them are still working for the police department, you know, figuring out, doing better training, that whole defund the police. How how did that change crime? I mean, we've done all of that. We've done all of that for now for about 10 years, retraining and retraining and retraining and retraining. But but that's a part of it. But the retraining is not, they're training them for military combat. They're not training them how to deal with it's I, I think the same training that's Baltimore City that's people what we're dealing with. is the same training that the police department needs. They kind of need that military training too if they're dealing with gunfights. Yeah, and I, and I don't I don't disagree with that, but those are more for riot situations or when you know, like Freddie Gray, where the city was in a on fire. That's what that training helps. 
but the the internal training of you know following up when someone makes a phone call the police need to be out there not get there an hour later the person been shot and killed by that time you know so the response rate needs to happen and now i don't think that's i mean i think they need to put less money into new fancy cars and more money into getting an extra police officer out there that can be responsive when someone is calling for a 911 call. You know, I, I think a lot of it is, the training is a, a big part of it, but a lot of the stuff that's happening in the city, we are, we are allowing developers and homeowners to let their properties just be dilapidated and just vacant, and that's opening it up for crime. You were talking about near your neighborhood where someone was using an empty home to sell drugs out of, and eventually the house caught on fire. Like stuff like they need to, it's it's layers of things that need to happen. So there are multiple places in the city government that needs to activate. Contribution to this crime rate that I'm seeing today, because most of this is gang related. But if you're leaving pockets of the city vacant, and you're doing that so developers could come in and buy a property, you're opening it up for crime and gang to run rampant. You're, you're opening it up for it. If it's a bunch of vacant homes, and I mean, the, the gang's not just gonna go into somebody's house and make it a dope house, you know, unless it's a vacant property or a property that, that's overgrown or something. It, you gotta, it's, it's, I think it's certain things that have to happen. And I don't think the issue is developers. And I think that's the that's the issue. If we just make the city look pretty and move these people out, well, where are they gonna go? Because eventually the county is gonna say no more. You're not building, you're not sending no more people out here. So then what are you gonna do with these people? Are they just gonna be homeless? Which is a bigger part of the problem also. You, you can't just keep shifting people around and they're forcing people to relocate to East Baltimore from West Baltimore. Well, that's going to fuck up crime because I was a uh, blood or crip over here and I'm now on blood and crip in East Baltimore. So that's fucking up the ecosystem of what, what was happening. So they would have been able to probably contain the problem if they just built up the neighborhoods and not force people to live out. So all those people that were living in Park Heights that were just displaced, where did they go? Out in the county, over east, down south Baltimore. And I'm sure as soon as they did that, you saw an increase in crime in all those neighborhoods. That was already crime infested. But now you're moving people out of their communities to other communities. And now my grandson is going to come live with me because he got out of jail. And I've been forced to go down to south Baltimore. So now his criminal ass about to start starting fires down in Char Hill or something, or over east. Like, I, I, it's just, I think it's layers. And, and, and to attack the problem, you gotta attack the school system, housing, you know, all different employment, all different layers. You gotta attack it from there. It's not just get rid of crime. Where they gonna go? Where they gonna work? Can they work? Do, are they available to work? Are they criminal, criminally able to work based off of their criminal record? But I don't know. Earth is ghetto. And um, wow. All right. For new world. Well, that was tonight. Um, what do you have happening tomorrow? What's going on?
Um, the same thing. I guess we're gonna do the same thing because uh, I'm tired. Money, this fucking school is killing me. I'm tired of children. I don't even have a voice right now. I'm done. Mm. I'm, I've become that person where this fucking graduate, get the fuck out my face. <laughs> That's how I feel. The fifth graders graduate tomorrow. I have to deal with them. I, the day was the last day I had to deal with the fifth graders. I could have sworn you said to me a couple of weeks ago that school was ending early, but. It is. It's ending on the 15th. Ain't early. <laughs> I mean, well, part of the problem is some of the schools are ending early. But Does you have any snow days this year? No. Then why? This seems like regular. Well, this is, no, this is, well, it's typically around this time because they're going to back, they're going back later now. So I that means. June 9th. Today. Like today would have been. Yeah, like but that's because you went back probably like the second to last week of August. No, we. I, I've never been to school that early. I was. We was always. You know, I was in county school, so we always oh. we went to school after Labor Day, and we ended school in like two weeks. If it was two weeks after Memorial Day, that was surprising. But see, and also you have to account for all of the the teacher development days. This year Why they added in snow days. That's what I'm getting. At. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't have that many snow days this year. They may have had maybe one or two. But they didn't have a lot of snow days this year. No, and and this year, I wonder why y'all going in so long. Well, but I'm saying it because they have added. So every other week, there's a professional development. Oh. And they've added uh, uh, self-care days as well for the teachers to the schedule. So that's going, you know, that accounts for another week of school. Mm -hmm. But it's almost over. <laughs> Next Wednesday. And we won't have kindergartners, pre-K, or fifth graders in the building. So mm -hmm. I'm good. I wish they could have took some fucking fourth graders with them. <laughs> I'm over it. So you're doing hot topics tomorrow. Well, I want to get to these two that um before we go tonight. Um so um officially, uh well, it's not official yet. As early as June the 20th, they may start doing um COVID vaccinations for um, children five and under. And that's mm -hmm. just, like I said, um, as soon as June 20th, um, they're still waiting for the FDA to actually approve those vaccinations for children under five. So that should be coming up real soon. I mean, I'm, I want to know, I want to know, because we're not allowed to know what child is vaccinated or not. Um, but every other week or so, we're getting a letter in our, our mailbox at the school saying someone else tested positive. So the numbers are still steady. I mean, they're not, it's not as rampant as it was, but people are still getting sick. You still see teachers gone for a whole week. You still see students gone for a week and a half, two weeks. It's happening. And I'm gonna just tell my room smell like bleach and Lysol. I'm just gonna say that to you. <laughs> Uh, they gave us these big old jugs of, of um, the antiseptic wipe or whatever. We got the wipes. I make them punch. If I see them playing with their mouth or their nose, go to the bathroom, wash their hands, come back, do a little um, hazard liquid on your hands. 
So some of the children don't wear masks. Some of the teachers don't wear masks. I think that's some foolish shit. Mm. I buy a new set of cloth masks at least every payday. I buy another set. Do you, you replace the last all day long? Every all fucking day, uh, all right. fucking day. I don't even eat lunch because <laughs> I want to take my fucking mask off. <laughs> I get something before school or after school. <laughs> all you right, know? lastly, um. All of the um, the gymnasts that were it was that upwards of um, ninety, upwards of ninety gymnasts have filed lawsuits against the FBI, um, approaching to about one billion dollars in lawsuits again, all towards the FBI because of their handling of the investigation of this, you know, all the sexual assault and stuff that was happening during the, in, um, the Olympics too. All the gymnasts. Um, Is that the same doctor that they're talking about? Larry, uh, Larry Nasser. Um, but, that, you know, the first allegation about him came out in September 2015. And mm -hmm. so they're suing him from that gap to where he was still acting as the doctor from the first time the person um, said that he did something to them up until now that the FBI had botched that whole entire thing. They was missing steps and all kinds of stuff. So now they're being sued for $1 billion, including by a $10, billion, a $10 million lawsuit from uh, Simone Biles. So... I want to know what the steps were that were missing. Well, like, what were, what were the things that they didn't? Did they not investigate every claim? Or, I mean, I'm kind of thinking, you know, not to bring him into everything, but that would have been around the time that Trump was getting ready to go into office, and um, things are changing. In terms of what? How the Justice Department was operating. Yeah, because he was closing a lot of um, committees and... Right. And he was handling that um, Justice Department in a different way. So stuff was happening. It was because he was saying... Don't worry. I, and I'm not saying that the FBI shouldn't be held responsible. But I think... Your time, the time that a lot of these parents are putting into it and lawyers are putting it, it could be creating change so this doesn't happen again. What are you creating now so this does not happen again? Well, I think that's what this lawsuit, these lawsuits will do. Now that there's, you know, a billion dollars and, and then they all could win. Because <laughs> it's 90, like I said, it could, it's upwards to 90 different complaints that total a billion dollars. And it's all saying what the I'm I'm I would need to know what the, yeah, what they're all saying the same, I think they're all saying quite most likely the same thing. My daughter is in until the twenty something. Oh, she's talking about the schools. That's Lasha. My daughter is in until the twenty something. So some people still gonna be in school. Well, because some schools were closed. I said because of like the heat wave. Uh, some schools were closed, so that time gets tacked on. Mm -hmm. I know I'm finished on the fucking 15th. I don't know what nobody else school is doing, but I know me, 15th. <laughs> you won't see me on the 16th. Well, that's all I had for tonight. I did have a one question, though, and I cannot... I guess I'll save it for tomorrow. It's about Nick Cannon. What about them? Hmm. 
because he's he's allegedly having three more children right now. I mean, he can afford them. I mean, I'm not mad at him. No, but that's affording them and being able to raise healthy children that you have given a proper amount of time to is two different things. He can afford that too. Charter a jet and take them all. You can't give. What what happens when one of your children live in California and one lives? Is he fucking only people in California? I, I would think so. <laughs> I would, hope. I would. I mean, if he's going to do that, I would hope they all live in the same neighborhood. I would hope they will all be in proximity to each other, at least. But I don't think that they are, because I know he got a couple chicks in New York and Florida. What that. happens when two of your children got the same prom day or the same graduation? How do you choose which one you're going to go to? Like that's that's my issue with it. Like I, I think it's Brian. He he is he was on TV. They were jokingly asking him. Maybe he um, won't do it either, and he can gather all the kids together and do one big prom. I mean, and like I, I think I did it one time when we were talking about Kiki Wyatt. All Kiki Wyatt children live in the same fucking house. Right, because she's the mother. Right, so she's giving birth. Right, and then by people she was married to. Right. They're not just, oh, I just had a, you know, a nice night tonight. Mm. And his reasoning behind doing it is more so to keep his legacy going. Nigga. But they're not going to know you. I see what you say. <laughs> they don't. They don't know you. If you die today of your illness, they won't know you. <laughs> and the mothers won't care. You know Mariah is not doing no play dates. With nobody else fucking children. You know she not. She don't even give a don't she think, don't even know these people think, exist. I don't think she would come unless it's like like the kids came to her house for the birthday party. Like, then she would probably show up. But I'm I don't think she would go to somebody else's house. Nick Cannon is not bringing them, and I got her saying, Don't bring them fucking children to my house. I, I, I don't think, saying that. Man, I don't think so. I don't think so about that that part about Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey is a lover of children. That I do know. Her children. I never oh, seen Mariah Carey. Always, always. I've never seen Mariah Carey with no kissing the baby pictures. I've never seen her. If it wasn't her children, I didn't see her with her. Not kissing the baby. But um she wasn't ever at the children's hospital. I've never seen it. I ain't never seen no children in none of her Christmas videos. None of them. Name one. All I want for Christmas. It was children in that video. Children in that video dancing. Was she was she actively playing with the children in the video? Well, she don't move. She's like a porcelain doll, so she doesn't. Yeah, wasn't a scene where all the children were crowded around Mariah, right. and they were opening up presents. Space between them because you can't touch. She might break. They were in the background, <laughs> meaning they got paid to be in the background. <laughs> I don't have and and then. You went out and had all these fucking children after we got the oh no. Child and her fucking children over there. Video, the one that was supposed to be her younger self. Mm-mm. In the honey video. And she probably had picked that little girl. I, I mean, that probably that probably was one of Jermaine the three children or something. Uh-uh. I just I was just curious because it, it just seemed to be he's keep having these children. At what point you gonna stop? Like, what's enough? What's enough to fulfill your legacy? I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. His show got canceled, so maybe he will stop having them. 
So oh, yeah. is, it, is it when he goes to emotional downs? He decided to have another time? Because his, um, his um, television show, his TV show got canceled. Well, Wild Out is still doing pretty good. That's all he got is Wild Out. And I think maybe his radio show. I mean, he's making money doing something, so. But I don't think it's enough money for you to. Because if he die, you gonna have to divide all that amongst those children. Right. After the taxes are taken out. Well, hopefully, I, I would hope that he already has estate planning done that he wouldn't have to worry about. Uh, he don't. He don't. He don't strike me as a person that's planning for the future. I, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I don't, he doesn't. He probably got all his money in a in a sock somewhere. He He was married to Mariah. Wrapped up in one of those turbans. <laughs> I just don't. I, I don't got him being responsible in that way. You having all these children, and I look. I don't got you being responsible. Responsible because um, in all of the pregnancies. They were all pregnancies that he wanted to happen. Yeah, there are a lot of deadbeat dads that's out here just fucking knowing that they're going to put a seed in somebody. You consider him a deadbeat dad. That's the question that we're talking deadbeat, about. Deadbeat don't mean that you broke. Deadbeat means you no, not giving me. You never heard out of any of the 11, any of the 11 now? No, that's um, Kiki. Out of his eight, none of them have called him deadbeat. Including Mariah. But supplying money is not he and I the only time we guessing that he does. I don't believe that's what how he do does his children. I do believe he's present all the time. Well, I don't I, I mean and I, I don't know him, but I just don't see it. I see it though, and I see it. Um we go I guess at some point some child will write a book. In like 20 years, and we'll be able to read the book. So I'm My daddy didn't love me. I said that he always wanted kids, and he wanted a lot of kids. But she believed that he would be, he's a great father. And she believed that he would be a great father, even though he's not the father to her child. He, she but your, your, your greatness as a father is not determined by anybody but your child. That's what right. determines how great you are right. as a father. Which is why I said we've never heard from any of the baby mothers that he is not a good father. Because he, he, he's financially able to take care of him. Mariah doesn't need him. And the other ones... Children of age. That's what matters right now. To the children of age, that's what matters. And that's the part that I'm scared of. That's you the part that scares me. heard about it. He's the perfect father. <laughs> that's the part that scares me. Because uh, wait, wait till prom season start coming up for them. Because the older two are probably like in middle school, going into high school right now. So what's going to happen when he's having a baby and the, the two of them, Maraca and and what's the other, Maraca and something, are, are going to prom. But a, a baby is due the same day. What's going to happen? Who you you going to choose? Why are you trying to make his baby's going to be due on prom? <laughs> because all, I'm just saying, like, that's that's normally the determining factor when things are happening. So what know, is baby doing things are happening in school. And he having he having like two or three kids a year, yeah, right? But I just don't want them to be due on prom night. Why they always got to be due on a, a special? Because event? that's just how fate happens sometimes. Like none of his other babies will be multiple ones that's going to prom at the same time. 
multiple ones will be graduating and going to prom at the same time. Which one you will choose? Which one you will go to? You will you will FaceTime all of them? age. They not the same age. <laughs> if they were all born in the same year, they the same age. Well, we got about two or three that's born in the same year. But they were all on different ends of the year. So their year, their school years will still be different. I'm making excuses because I don't know him. <laughs> you can vote. You can vote for them all you want to, but when those when those memoirs and what because they they all start the older children overlapping ages. Wait till them books start. It's gonna be like ten books coming out all back to back to back to back from his children. From his children. I, that's I'm it. A kid. Like, <laughs> yeah. What? They probably go write the book together. All, all the children, the all the children write the book together. All right, that's They're they gonna take a chapter. You get the first chapter. Mariah children gonna get the first three chapters because that's just the way it's gonna be set up. The deal, so they get the bulk of the money, right. and then people let the rest of the children have a chapter apiece. <laughs> God forbid something happens to them, because then that's when all the baby mothers gonna come out. Now, Nick Cannon to answer the question, do all your children live in the same state? Are they all in California? Because that would be perfect. Because I think I, I actually probably would think he would have moved them out of their situation in the first place and put them up somewhere else, which I think that that's exactly what happened with this last one. That they moved out to California and now they all up, you know, put up. Yeah, but you know how much money you wasted on that? What are you wasting? You want your children to be close to you. What are you put? What are you wasting? It's not wasting in terms of putting them up, but I'm saying like well, that's, what that's, that's, like eight that's like eight different homes. It is, in one way or the other, he would have well, really seven, seven different. Well, seven and a couple possibles because he's supposed to be somebody's supposed to be pregnant now. Right, that's which is why he works so hard so he can make sure his family is taken care of. But I think that's what his mission is. He wants to have a big family. Mm -hmm. And if they're all in California, he's footing the bill. Why not? He might end up buying a that's they, I'm going to Google that and see if all of them are in California. He might be buying a compound and they all live on the same property. At the same that's not going to happen. Yeah, they don't have to worry about him going coming over to multiple different houses to see their prom off, see him off the prom. It's always a nigga like him. It's always a nigga like him. Playing rich. Oh, head rat wearing niggas got 10 different fucking families. You might want to make the suggestion to Nick Cannon because Neverland, Neverland Ranch is still for sale. He could buy that. Oh, they, they did just... I thought it was, yeah. And there's another big mansion that's for sale out there. I think it's Chris Brown's old house. All of them selling their own houses. <laughs> mm -mm -mm. Well, welcome. Ain't my children. I think they're going to be fine. Monroe and Moroccan are fine. They're going to be the only well-rounded ones. Because they're the ones that he loved the most. You think they're going to be well-rounded? Mm -mm. I think they are. I think they're going to have a terrific childhood and a terrific, they got a terrific mother and Mariah. But I think they're going right. to still be stifled by this entertainment industry. And, and the other sad part is the world knows the two of them. Mm -hmm. At least and that's gonna be that's gonna be a point of contention between the other children. 
to how Michael Jackson kids have been raised, you know, with that blanket and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just hope that she's... Well, Michael was different. I don't think Mariah is weird in that way. Child, she don't want to put her feet on the ground. Come on, she's weird. She's not. She's just privileged. <laughs> she's living out the white side of herself. Cute, cute. That's cute. <laughs> She's living out the white side, but she she Perfect. seems like a down to earth person. Where down to earth, all she do is tippy toe and drink champagne, and I love. But her. I don't think that I don't think that trickles out to her children, though. I think that's her demeanor. I don't think that that's her. Come on, darling. That's what she goes on. <laughs> that's it. It's eleven o'clock. Let go. Thank you, guys. Uh, we'll be back here January the th- what did I say? January the th- January, June the 13th at 10 a.m. for day two. People fuck um, everybody. The January 6th hearing. June the 13th. That's next, that's Monday at 10 a.m. Live coverage continues then.